Ever waddle to the bathroom after sex? Towel between your legs? Desperately trying to keep the freshly delivered load from dripping down your leg and onto your hardwood? Well, worry no more. Awkward Essentials introduces the drip stick, or as I like to call it, the cum sponge. This medical-grade sponge sucks up jizz before it sneaks onto your sheets. Visit awkwardessentials.com today and use my code, WYP, for a 10% discount. They offer numerous products for all types of fun fluids. Keep your shorts semen-free and use my code today. That's WYP and save 10%. Awkward Essentials, making bodily fluids less awkward. What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. On today's episode, we have Francis Tang, founder and CEO of Awkward Essentials. All right, are you ready for a joke? What did the hurricane say to the coconut tree? Oh, God. What? Hold on to your nuts. This is no ordinary blowjob. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans, to another episode of What's Your Position podcast, a full frontal for your ear holes today. We have one of our uh, kind of official sponsors on today. Awkward Essentials has graciously allowed us to be an ambassador uh, for their product. And you may or may not have heard um, our awesome ad that we have done for them at the beginning and the middle of our episodes, all about the dripstick or the cum sponge. And today we have founder, CEO, and Captain Awkward, Frances Tang, on our episode. Episode. She is um, a businesswoman who uh, discovered through personal experience um, that fluids fucking happen during sex. Yeah. And uh, it's important to make sure that those fluids and all of those things get taken care of um, in a way that makes it, you know, less shitty for everyone involved. I feel like uh, cum, semen, jizz, you know, juice flying out of the penis, going into the vulva. Um, I actually, when I was telling um, somebody that I know, I'm not going to divulge who this person is or their relationship to me, but when I told them you were coming on the podcast phrasing, um, they said, oh my God, that product sounds perfect because whenever I have sex with my husband, um, I'm sitting on the bus, I'm driving to work, I'm going to work, like getting ready for my shift and all of a sudden an entire load just falls out. And now I either have to go home and change or spend my entire shift with wet shorts at, at the cost of me. Like it's it, no one else is suffering because of this. Like the jizz that's in my pants is now my problem. <laughs> and this product would be so helpful uh, to so many people. So I am thrilled that not only did Awkward Essentials reply and say, sure, we'll send someone to be on your podcast. They said, here's the fucking founder of our product, 
Not only that, she's in the fucking studio. Yeah. She's here. She's here. She's here in our studio. <laughs> Frances, thank you for being here. Okay, first of all, I love that you have that sound effect. <laughs> so good. Perfect. <laughs> this one? Yeah. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. The only yeah. one I'd like used for this entire episode. Done. Got it. Very, very excited to be here to talk about cum, to talk about yeah. being Asian. Yeah. Whatever Ooh. you want. Yeah. I'm here for it. Okay. So first and foremost, I want you all to know, not only is she a businesswoman, but she is an Asian American businesswoman. And this to me is the the main premise of what I wanted to talk about during this episode was sex education in the Asian American community and the lack thereof, because it is disproportionate to every other ethnicity as far as when you get talked about for sex, what you get talked about in sex education, how often you're talking about sex education. Um, it also is very disproportionate in um, how often parents of Asian American children get talked about sex education at home. So the majority yep. of Asian American kids are getting their sex education from school which sucks because in the United States, there's only 13 states that require mandated medical accurate sex education. That still so, blows my mind. I can't. I know. I can't believe that. Me neither. But the fact that the Asian American population is the one that is suffering from this the most, I found fascinating when I was looking up the, in, the stats on you and then I was like, oh, fantastic. She's an Asian American businesswoman and she's doing something with sex. I was like, that's... Let me look up some statistics on Asian Americans and sex education. And the numbers were mind-blowing. Yeah, it's so funny because most people don't mention it. Like, I get the racist, like, oh, what does your dad think kind of comment, like, all the time. <laughs> which is, like, half sexist, half racist. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Rexist? Yeah, it's like both. <laughs> it's like a double... Sacist? Yeah. Like, oh, you managed to be both at How the same time. Wow. Um, and, but it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I think people know that Asians don't talk about sex, but people also don't bring it up. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. And they don't bring up that I'm Asian. And sometimes I'm like very aware of it. Like in this space that we're in, there's mm -hmm. only a couple Asian people. Right. But like it doesn't... In the sex positive community, I don't see a lot of Asian uh, representation oh, in, the, no. in the in the in the space that I exist in within within Instagram within conferences within education, I don't see a lot of Asian representation. And when I do, it's usually um, Asian individuals who are also mixed with another race. So it's not first generation. Asian Americans that I'm seeing in this space. And so when I read your bio, I was like, done. That's the first fucking thing we're talking about. So in honor of that, Francis, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Where were you born? Who were your parents? Do you have brothers and sisters? I love these questions, please. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Frances. <laughs> hi, Frances. Hi. Hi. I was born in the Bay Area. So I was born in a very Asian place. My high school was like, I don't know. It felt like it was 90% Asian. I don't think that's accurate, but okay. it was like a very, like, I don't even, is that like legal? But it was a very, very like Asian competitive high school. Okay. And so, I mean, that was just like, 
the vibe, Academically right? competitive? Yeah, super or sports competitive. Academic. Okay. Super Asian people. Super academic. academic. Come on. <laughs> All right. Come on. Come on. But thank you. <laughs> Flattering. Um, but if, super, super academic, right? So there was this expectation that you, like, go to a UC school or you, like, go to some Ivy League school. Like, everyone pushed their kids. It was about how many AP classes are you in? How many extracurricular activities do you have? It was just, like hyper competitive. But what's kind of weird is that my parents were almost like, they're both Asian. They're like modern hippies in a sense. My mom was born in Orange County and my dad came, he went to UCLA for college um, from Hong Kong. So he's an immigrant, right? But they're kind of, they were like, and still are like super liberal. So I have like early memories of like going to protests like in San Francisco. Were you in Berkeley or San Francisco? I was in Fremont, which is like even nerdier. Wow. Like I don't even know if anyone listening to this knows where Fremont is. It's They're, next to San Jose. Shout out to Fremont. Ooh. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was just it was like this little bubble. Your dad was born in Hong Kong? Yeah, he was born in Hong Kong. He came over to the U.S. to go to college at uh-huh. UCLA. Where was your mom born? In Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> Where were her parents born? Her grandma, my grandma was born in Mexico. Oh. There's a lot of Asian people in Mexico. What? This, yeah, this is a different Wait, huh? thing you can look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Asian people in like South America, like Mexico. Wait, are you, are you, really? Did you just pause? No, I did not oh. pause. I am looking for this one. What? <laughs> There's a lot of Asian people in Mexico? Yeah, there was even like a Vice special on this. I'm looking this up. Can you write this down? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Where? What is your mother's heritage? Yeah, so they're all Chinese people. Okay. Yeah. But she was born in Mexico. My grandma was born in Mexico. Her husband, my grandpa, was born in Santa Barbara. Fantastic. Like, it, But Fantastic. I'm Chinese. I'm a Chinese person 100%. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I I guess because her growing up here, like I remember when I was growing up, a lot of my friends were like, wow, your mom has such good English. I'm like, because she was born well, here. She's that's from because here. she's from here. She's from so. Orange County. Um, <laughs> but it like. They I, speak English in Orange County. Right. So <laughs> it was. Why I? It was just like a different experience because my dad was an immigrant, but he was very and still is very liberal. Uh-huh. And so like going to protest, stuff like that. But I didn't get the sex talk. Oh. I did get a book from the library. Like on I your, got a couple on your books own? from the library. No, my mom got them for me. Okay, okay. But like I didn't like... You're not going to read them. Mom, yeah. mom got you books. You're like, thanks, mom. And like, like sex ed was like, okay, first of all, does anyone remember the pancake video from yeah. sex ed? Yeah, where they made over yes, out pancakes. You. Yes, I fucking remember I this. Never Holy that, fucking no. shit. I told this to my class the other day and they were all like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, they pour pancake batter on a griddle in the shape of fallopian tubes and ovaries to show you what they look like. They just showed me a picture. No, pancake (laughs) uterus is so much better. A pancake uterus is hands down better. Like pancake ovaries? Are you kidding me? I want to make you some pancake ovaries later. Like, who the fuck? Yeah, you should recreate that video because it's in fucking. But like, I should make that video. (laughs) Write that. There we go. (laughs) Send it to us. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, growing up in Fremont, which is in the Bay Area, yeah, pretty fucking liberal and. You still didn't get the sex ed talk. Did you get it in high school, junior high, anything? No, I mean, I remember there was 
that instance where you could like write down the questions you had on a piece of paper and like pass them up to the front or drop them in the box. But like, and then you know how you would watch those really old VHS tapes? Oh, the awful ones. Yeah. Like made in the eighties that were like about sex ed. No, Billy, I don't want to have sex before marriage. Why not Sally? I really like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Those. And Mm so you didn't, you, it just wasn't, there was nothing. So you grew up in a liberal area with no sex ed, with liberal parents. Did they ever bring up sex to you? Pregnancy, birth control, periods, anything? So I remember I got my first period at gym class. Ugh. And you're like, you know, why did I shit my pants? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like, why, why is there brown? Why is there brown in my in, underwear? Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> Farting. Don't think I shit what my pants. The fuck? Like, what Did happened? I? Really weird. Why is there brown in here? Yeah. And then I remember the first time I learned to use a tampon, it wasn't my mom, but we were going on like a water what water amusement park like oh, field yeah, trip. Yeah, water park oh, type. Yeah. Thing. yeah. And so my friend had to coach me from like behind the stall. Sure. Yeah. Like you know how you have that one friend. Yeah, I yep. do. Carrie Davidson, shout out if you're listening. Thanks for teaching me how to use a tampon. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to connie yes thank you thank you connie thank you connie uh, thank so you. that was how i learned how to use a tampon how old were you uh, junior high probably like 14 junior high or high school 14. or early high school okay. yeah that sucks man and okay so i have a gnarly statistic that i want to share with you it is not my statistic of the days but i have a crazy fucking statistic to share so the parents, parents in general, are the least likely reported source for any sex education among American children, okay? Parents account for the least amount of education given to their children regarding any sort of sexual, whether it be periods, whether it be reproduction, masturbation, wet dreams, or sex in general. However... Asian Americans are the least likely to a use protection during sex and seriously. Co- yep. And college age, age Chinese and Filipino descended women use withdrawal as a contraceptive method about four times at the rate of the national average. Moreover, Asian American women have the nation's second highest percentage of pregnancies that end through abortion. No fucking way. 35%. Yes. Is that not nuts? Wait. All these Asian girls out here are just not listening to the rules about condoms? Here's why. (laughs) A University of Pennsylvania student did an honors thesis about Asian American sex education in the home and found that while 97% of the 48 second generation Asian American respondents did not receive the sex talk from their parents, 95% of them will have that conversation with their children. So this person at the University of Pennsylvania conducted a survey of Asian American students and found that 97% of them never got the sex talk from their parents. 97% of Asian American parents aren't giving the sex talk. However, the positive in that is that 95% of those respondents said, I will be having the sex talk with my child. 
the child that they're having because they didn't use a condom because <laughs> they never had to. to talk. The child they're having unintentionally. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Second highest uh, ethnicity group that's to have. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's What's the first thing? Caucasian. Oh, okay. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> fine um cock cock uh because we are not having these conversations at home and what's really fucking frustrating to me again only 13 states require medically accurate comprehensive sex education be taught in the classroom because we have all of these people in politics that say this is the job of the family this is the job of the parents but what happens when the parents aren't having this talk like this is the problem is that we have a we have a, a, a almost like a passing of the baton. No, you should talk about it. No, you should talk. No, this is on you. No, this is on you. Well, I don't want an English teacher teaching my kid about sex. Well, then you do. Well, I don't want to teach my kid about sex. So then no one's teaching your kid about sex. So now what happens when they inevitably, in most cases, most individuals have sex? Yeah, that's crazy. It's even worse. Right. So presumably people are learning about it online at this point from their friends and from google google tiktok tiktok honestly like the stuff that i've been learning from tiktok while not all of it is accurate i think it's definitely i I was just gonna say like it'd be interesting to look at the data about sex ed now with like all of the social media shit that we have because i feel like it's it's a good resource for someone who has nothing, mm-hmm. but also it can be dangerous mm-hmm. if you don't know how to weed out Correct. bad yeah. information. And you don't know what's bad information exactly. and what's not unless exactly. you do your research, it's unless like, you're media it's literate. A, it's a very double-edged sword. Agreed. There. Yeah. So you grew up, you have brothers and sisters? I have a younger brother who is like literally the opposite of me, probably because I have a cum sponge company. <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> you know, I just took all the weird person gene and, and he's just, like, I don't know her I, I don't know her at all it's fine she's owns cum sponges my sister. <laughs> um <laughs> when did you graduate high school oh god okay let me think i graduated high school in 20 no 2006 okay yeah and where did you go to college i went to uc san diego so i did Ooh. go to a uc like a good asian person <laughs> um and the expectation that well why everyone, not uci you know, the Circle Campus, I didn't really, okay. like, love the campus. I'm just saying it is very popular in the Asian American community. My it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> it's very popular. But so UC San Diego, party school. No, that's San Diego State. No. Yes. Really? Yeah. Am I getting San Diego's, San Diego's like, missed really up? nerdy. Oh, okay. Fantastic. They, like, pump out doctors. What was your... <laughs> what were you pumping out? What was your major... Okay, so I studied communications because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Same. (laughs) Apparently, there's like a scene in Simpsons about this. I I studied communications because I was like, I like to talk. Like, I don't know what I want to do. It's a cop out. I know it's a cop out. I'm just going to admit it. But what is interesting is when I was there, they opened a business school and I was like super excited. I was like, this is cool. I'm kind of interested in business. I took like an intro class and I like bombed the midterm so hard that I had to drop the class because I just would have gotten like a C in the class no matter what or like a D. And so um, that was my experience with business education. But but look at you now. Here we are. Fancy pants. I don't know how proud that professor would be. (laughs) 
Did you graduate with a communications degree? I did. I graduated with communications and psychology because that's the other thing people do when they don't know what they want to do. Listen, I know what I wanted to do, okay? I got my degree in psychology because I wanted to, all right? Jesus. I feel also, really called out. Also, <laughs> Sorry. Also, I went through like four majors before I settled on psychology. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So that's fair. It's fair. Uh, when did you meet your husband? I met my husband. Okay, I can't remember when. I have a terrible memory, but I did meet him on Bumble. I love did that. You really? Yeah, yeah. So, how many awkward encounters had you had prior to meeting your husband where you were like, this is someone should do something about this fluid? Like, when did the brainchild happen? Was it with your husband or before your husband? It was with, well, I mean, it's something that I feel like throughout your journey of sex, if it bothers you, it just, it bothers you, right? Like, I don't think I've ever experienced a time when someone has come and I have thought to myself, this is not messy. Yeah. Like I'm just going <laughs> to keep it and save it for later. I'm going to hold on to this. Store that. Yeah. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to tuck that in a in a side lip and just hang on to it. It's always a grab a towel, tuck and roll, go to the bathroom, go to the shower. Like it is a, it's a fucking, it's a dance. Like it's a whole thing. It's a whole ass thing. And I think the older you get, the more irritated you get. Correct. It's just time. Yeah. Like when, when you come, I'm glad like I have, hello. We're about to enter the TMI portion of the <laughs> podcast, so please prepare thyself. When my husband comes, <laughs> I'm like, cool, take your dick out, and now I need to put a towel yeah, down there. catch it. Catch before it. Before it falls out. Right, I don't want it to fall yeah. onto the bed, because now I have to it's wash It's a race. The, I have to wash the sheet. Yeah. <laughs> and what a, a fucking time suck that is. It really like, is a race. It is a race. And you have to, you roll, right? You, you like roll. Roll, roll because you're thinking about gravity. Oh, yeah. Oh, my like, gosh. Gravity. I wonder, I wonder how that would happen in like zero Space. gravity. Yeah. Ooh. What's what is com- how does cum behave <gasps> in zero G? There has to internet. internet. <laughs> I'm looking this up. I'm making it. <laughs> Please look yeah. this up. How does cum behave in zero gravity? This is a this is a concern that a lot of people have. Where does the jizz go? It doesn't just get sucked up into the vaginal condition. Contrary to popular belief, contrary. some people believe that. My vagina is not a cum dumpster. That is not what it is. That's not what it's for. You so. can't pee it out. I just like to clarify your urethra. Thank you very much. Is not your vagina. Correct. However, you should always pee after sex. Not to evacuate the vagina of jizz, but to clear out any bacteria that may have gotten caught up in the urethra from the sexual encounter. Save yourself a kidney infection. Save yourself. Yeah. Get the antibiotics. Please. Fucking kidney infection. Don't, don't get a UTI. Please don't. It AZO is, and cranberry juice is only going to do so much for you. Oh, God. It's literally the worst. Like, the it's worst. a terrible. And then you take antibiotics, which gives you a yeast infection, so then now you have a double infection. Okay, my first UTI was in college when I had the top bunk. <sighs> <laughs> the top bug. Oh, and top bug. I think I got it on like a Friday night. So the student center was closed. <laughs> of course they were. Of course they were. Fuck. And so I had to sleep on the ground because I had to keep running to the bathroom. So oh. I like literally slept on the ground of my dorm room and like would just go and like nothing's coming out. No, you don't have to yeah. go to the bathroom. You don't actually have to go to the bathroom. It's just your bladder is so inflamed yeah. that it makes you feel but I'm like, like I have to full. go to the bathroom. Go yeah, to the bathroom. You developed the drip stick. And by the way, 
Awkward essentials used to be called something else, and I know what it is. Do you want to guess, Mia? I have no idea. It's real good. Awkward essentials. It's about come. I have no idea. It's called, it was called Come and Go. <gasps> That's great. I know, right? Uh, what made you change it? So uh, that name came from a friend the first time I told a group of friends this idea. And we talked about it for a couple hours and offhandedly, he used the phrase come and gone like for something else. But because we had talked about this idea for like two hours, we all looked at each other and we were like, that's the name for this product mm -hmm. that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And so we still own all the URLs, come and gone, any spelling you can think of. Hell yeah. We, except with a K. All right. Who's, who's spelling? Who's spelling? The gas station. In Laguna, there is one called Wait, Come really? and Go in Laguna. Oh, there's yeah. a Come and Go in Laguna? Yeah, with a K. Shut oh up. Oh my God, content. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Like you literally should go and film yeah. a yes. fucking video. I, will, in I, front I thought of, it was only in the Midwest. I don't know if they're the same, but the same company, but it's in Laguna, right? Oh. Right when you enter. Okay. Right Whose idea was that? <laughs> I mean, it's not spelled with a C, so it's not that bad, right? Um, how long into your, uh, so you got your degree in communications. You were a baker first. I had a lot of jobs. So I graduated during the other recession. I hear mm. we're in one right now, right? Okay. We're so not. hard. We're I mean, I don't. Controversial subject. It's controversial. Way more controversial than come. It's but <laughs> controversial. I could not find a job to like save. It was so hard to find a job. It was yeah. one of those frustrating things where they were like, well, you need experience to find a job, but I can't get experience if I like if don't, don't have, have a job. job. <laughs> it's like, okay, what do I do? So I think that put me in that founder mindset early like okay mm. what else could I do like always thinking of different ideas you were also graduated right at the time when all of the startups were happening like all of these internet startups and like companies that were trying to get off the ground I mean fucking Uber and Lyft started back in 2008 2009 like yeah it was internet dating started back that like all the startups were happening when there was nowhere to find another job it was when all of the individuals were like well I'm just gonna start my own fucking company I guess like, that's what everyone you. else was doing too so but despite all of that and despite being from the Bay Area I wasn't like startup brain person back then yeah I was like graduate like new college graduate just like find a job in an office right like I always thought I was gonna work in an office like mm -hmm. all those chick flicks that you watched in high school where sure. like the girl is wearing a pantsuit and like heels and walks into a glass office mm -hmm. I thought that was gonna be how to lie. lose a guy in 10 days exactly <gasps> yeah that's so the first like that's that gonna be to me. yeah <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do you're in that Andy office. writing you're my totally sex column Andy. oh my god <laughs> I'm gonna write my column <laughs> I'm gonna be fine yeah so I I just couldn't find a job so I ended up taking like small jobs here and there like random things and then I did end up in marketing for the restaurant industry so I worked in corporate marketing for the restaurant industry for a little bit. So that was always kind of like the baseline career. But because I have founder brain and I think other founder people can identify with the always having ideas, wanting to try new things, mm -hmm. just problem, disease, actually, that's incurable. <laughs> um, I would always do other things. So I do you have I, a list on I your do. phone. Uh, not on my phone. 
But I've had, I think I counted over a dozen jobs. No, of ideas that you have. I do have an idea book, yes. Yeah. yeah. How many ideas do you have in there right now? They're not numbered. Some of them are terrible, though. So how many do you think there are? A dozen, two dozen, three dozen? Maybe two dozen. Two dozen ideas. Yeah. Some of them I know will never happen. All right. Founder brain. Yeah, founder. It's like, it's a disease and you just live with it. It's just, you just constantly come up with ideas that you want to fucking explore and you find the one that sticks. But I think like... Per all the internet advice, it is the execution, right? Like we get people mm-hmm. who email us to this day who are like, I thought of this idea for the cum sponge years ago. And I'm like, congratulations. Yeah, cool. Well but you done. didn't do it, did you? It's like going to an art museum and being like, I could do that. It's like, but you but didn't. But did you? Yeah. But you didn't. I right. could write a song better than this, but so, you didn't. So do it. So yeah. shut up. Like it would actually be better because then you could help us educate the world. Right. right. We have right. this uphill educational battle. So please. Yeah. Why didn't you introduce the cum sponge earlier so I could have been saved the waddle to the bathroom? What, are people trying ass? to like, sue you Jesus. or something? They just, I think it's because it's such a simple idea, Mm. it's like, it has its pros and cons. And we can kind of go into that, right? Like, it's, it's pretty obvious to a lot of the people that get it. They're like, oh, yeah, I get it. This bothers me. This takes to come out. But for others are like, I don't understand. Do I put it in before? What do I do? And so we have the challenge of it being an invention. It's like an idea that came from my brain. And so because it doesn't exist, people have a hard time trying to like, Imagine it. Conceptualize it. Yeah, because it doesn't exist. So you you were a baker and you you were looking at something brilliant, which actually not just bakers use, but makeup artists use too, where they get a spatula and they scrape the inside of whatever vessel that they're using to get all of the stuff out of the bowl or the makeup container or whatever. They make little baby spatulas to go into concealer bottles for these people who own like $7,000 concealer who want to get all of it out. They make these tiny little scrapers. And then a a baker needs to get a spatula and scrape the inside of the bowl because you've measured specific mathematical equational med... Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just leave all of that jizz in the bottom of your cake batter like this. You got to put it all in the cake or else you're not going to have the right cake. And you had this idea a because of baking and B because you had come in your vagina that you would get out of my vagina. How do I get this out of here? Like you can't kegel your way out of jizz. Like it's just going to keep falling out no matter what you do. No. And according to pelvic, you're not supposed to just be pushing and pushing like, right. Like it's not, good for you. So like I was saying, the older I got, the more irritated I would get with things. So I started like using my finger, right? So like, okay. you know, how some people jump into the shower after sex yep. to like clean off. But for me, it's always been, it is inside. It is not an external problem. Right. It is an internal problem. So I would like scoop it out with my finger. Like I would use my finger like a spatula. And so that plus the baking thing, whenever I would like scrape the cake batter out of a bowl, cake batter is very thick, you know? And so viscous. It's viscous. It is viscous. It's <laughs> a $5 word. <laughs> it's the new moist. Yeah. I was going to say moist cake with some viscous frosting. Viscous frosting. <laughs> and so I would think, wow, if I had a spatula for my vagina, I could just like get it out. One swoop, like wouldn't have to deal with it later. And so that's where the inspiration came from. Um, Yeah, that was like the initial, that idea spark. Brain just. So great. 
So how did the prototypes go? Like that's what I was wondering. Because I'm holding one right now. I have I have a dripstick in my hand. Um, it has something on the bottom that looks like one of the makeup spatulas, and then on the top it has something that is shaped like a Tampax tampon, but it looks like a makeup sponge. And it's square, and it's maybe the width of my index finger, and I have super tiny hands, so it's very small. Um, how, how many of these did you go through? How many prototypes did you go through before you found the one that worked? So I didn't have a lot to work off of, right? Not a lot of cash. So I had to work off of what already existed. So I had to think about like, okay, well, what are big companies out there that have the time and means and like manpower to actually do research on this type of stuff? Because I don't, I'm just like this girl in my parents' house, right? And so I decided on the material. It's based on the contraceptive sponge. The contraceptive sponge is this thing that's been around, you know, Seinfeld, the sponge. Mm -hmm. Like, it's inserted and it's a spongy material. And so I was like, okay, cum is really viscous. So you need something porous to absorb it. Mm -hmm. It's thick. I did try the tampon thing. First of all, you're not supposed to use tampons because they're meant for like blood, like a very thin liquid, liquid. Mm -hmm. like over an extended period of time, not like this immediate thing. And it slides out like this weird slime bullet. Like it just, it's a loogie. Yeah, yeah. It's like a vagina loogie. It's a vagina loogie. Like sometimes the worst thing ever is after you think you've gotten all the come out and like an hour later you sneeze. Yeah. And now you're just soaking wet. And you're like, fuck you and the present you left for me. (laughs) So I knew cotton was probably not ideal based on that. So I'm like, okay, sponge, something with bigger pores. Okay, the contraceptive sponge exists. It's safe, but I don't want any additives. And then in thinking about the size and the shape, I was like, okay, well, tampon companies have been around for decades. They know the average like width and length of the Mm -hmm. vaginal canal. So let's work off of that for the prototype. And then the reason why there's a handle, we previously didn't have the paddle on the bottom. Oh, I love the paddle. Yeah, but we I decided to do the handle because I didn't want people to like leave it in and then put their pants back on. Right. I think there's a name for this. I can't think of the word right now, but it's like when something is designed so you can kind of figure out how it works. And so like user friendly. Yeah, sort like, like self-regulating or yeah. something. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. There's yeah. a word. And so I'm like, okay, well, if there's a handle, you just can't put your pants back on because you're not supposed to. Right, because it will hurt. Yeah, like, like knowing people, though, yeah. right? And so even to this day, sometimes we're like, how long should I like leave it? It's like, you don't leave you it don't in. You don't leave it in. Right, so I just worked off of like data that existed that I could find from other companies, other safe things. I talked to as many medical professionals as I could. I like hunted down. I like talked to my own gynecologist they were like what like any like nurse doctor gynecologist I could find I was like what do you think about this but what's interesting is that most of the time they're like what are you asking me because it's such a simple concept Mm -hmm. it's very similar to the swabs they use prior to vaginal surgery Mm -hmm. so they're just like oh I don't like so interesting yeah what do you what and I'm what like, do you no, what? you, what you do tell you want? me. Like, is this like you safe? Yes. And what is like, it for? Yeah, we want? see this is similar to hospitals. Like, what are you asking? And so <laughs> it's just like this 
weird thing. But yeah, it's a very simple idea, but it takes time and it's scary, right? Like I'm not this white dude who's like, I have this idea. I'm going to raise $10 million. It's going to be amazing. I'm just going to go. Like it took years. It took years for me to even be confident enough to tell people I had this idea. When did you have the idea? What year? When? How long ago? Was the idea a baby in your brain? I mean, I probably since I started having sex, right? Like, like a really long time, but I never told anyone. When was the first time you mentioned it to someone? That was maybe 2008 or nine. And when was the first time it was like a prototype that you were like, okay, now we are about to fucking launch our product. Wait, I'm getting my years mixed up because COVID. Let me restart that. The first time I actually mentioned this idea to anyone was probably maybe 2017. And then... I didn't have a true prototype in hand until 2019. And oh, then, wow. yeah. That's crazy. I know. And it's not that it takes a long time. Like had I had maybe the confidence and the know-how to like just do it, right? But I mean, imposter syndrome. And this is a weird thing. Like you're not supposed to create something that doesn't exist. What a niche market That's right. too. Yeah. Like this is yeah. not just, this is a product for... 50% of the population, but also 100% of the population. Like, yes, this is a product that sucks jizz out of a vaginal canal, but those that jizz is coming from the other part of the population. Like, so everyone... I have a friend who's probably listening to this episode. Sup? I love you. He knows who he is. And he heard my commercial for you guys and then him and his girlfriend bought the sponges and he's like yeah we use them now like they're great like these are amazing and he bought them for her yes so that's what's super interesting it wasn't the intention in creating the brand is my personality on the internet so Honestly, I don't know. But the intention wasn't like, this is a brand for women, like strictly no. for vaginas, like or like awkward essentials. It could be for anything or anyone. So 30% of our customers are men buying for their partner. Right. Which is, I think it's really cool. And sometimes they tell them and sometimes they don't. And their partner gets mad, which is kind of, it comes back to that notion of, I think like, I don't know, like lack of sex education, like mm -hmm. insecurity. Like you at some point told your partner that you were irritated with his cum and then he tries to fix it, but like it, you're not receptive. So is that like a relationship communication? It's awkward. Thing? It's just shame. It's sex. It's sexual. It, shame. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and we could, uh, we have, we can, and we have had entire episodes about sexual shame, but the fluids that happen during sex are absolutely part of our sexual shame. And a lot of people, especially women, who are having sex, especially in a performative way, and are just waiting for their partner to come, experience this intense shame and embarrassment when their vaginas 
don't hold the cum in. But that's not what our vaginas are made for. Our vaginas are not cum traps. So it's going to fall out. <laughs> that's it. Our vaginas leak fluids. They leak menstrual blood. They leak urine. They leak uh, vaginal fluids. And jizz doesn't exist in our... And actually, our vaginas create really awesome um, enzymes that actually kill jizz. They, the vagina hates jizz. It just hates it. It's, it's literal. It's one job is to be like, fuck you jizz. I'm going to kill all the sperm. I'm going to kill all the fucking enzymes. You're all dead. Vagina's badass. <laughs> she is bad yeah. fucking ass, but it spits it back out because our vaginal canals are not meant to hold liquid. And so if you are able to sit on a toilet or be in a shower and, and all of it ex excavates out of you right then and there, good for you. But for some of us, it, it's an hour, two, three, four hours later, and all of a sudden a giant wad of jizz falls out into our pants, and maybe we're at work. Maybe we're at school. Maybe we're asleep. Maybe we're hanging out with our parents. Nobody wants this jizz loogie hanging out in their pants. Like, this is not appropriate. It's uncomfortable. It can also shift the pH balance of our vaginal canals. And so cleaning out the vaginal canal after sex is not the worst idea in the entire world. Everyone's vaginal pH balance is shifted when they have sex, whether it be with another vagina or with a penis or with a toy. And so cleaning out any excess liquid after sex and peeing after sex, Pee after sex. can always increase vaginal health. So, But to be clear, the vagina is self-cleaning. It is. Yes. It's beautiful. And we get this confusion oh God. all the time. Oh, I hate douching. hate the douche. All the time. And so exactly how you stated it, it's only for excess fluids. It's only for cum. Right. Like... Don't use, if he didn't come in you. Don't use it. Don't use it. Yeah. But I think like that word clean, mm -hmm. it's kind of triggering for yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so like we like to, we try to be as clear as possible, but it's, it's hard because the internet. Because the internet. And because yeah. lack of sex education. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. We're going to do something that I like to call the stat of the day. It's the stat of the day. Awkward Essentials uh, was started by Francis. It is now worth an estimated $2.3 million. Started in 2018, has about 10 employees, would you say? Only four right now. Ooh, okay. Internet's wrong. Internet is wrong. Fuck the internet. Is that from ChatGPT? No. No. Pardon? What? <laughs> no. It was from... Um, LinkedIn, maybe? It's probably including our advisors. Oh, mm. an advisory board. Okay, fantastic. Uh, we're going to talk about, for the stat of the day, women business owners. So in order to be considered a business owner, you have to own 51% of the private equity or the, or the uh, private business that the uh, that is being made up. So... As long as you own 51%, it is considered a women-owned business. In 2021, what percentage of businesses were women-owned? Yeah. 2021. I'm going to say 
in the wait percentage of businesses in like in the United States. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say like forty-eight. Okay. Okay. Write that down. Forty-eight percent. Okay. So this is just like any type of business, mm -hmm. like from Etsy to. It's a privately owned business. I got it from the census. Okay. From the sense from the US census. So like you're filling out some tax documents. Correct. For so your you're business. filling out a tax document. So you made enough money that you had to fill out a tax mm, okay, document. Okay. Okay. That's a great question. 35? Okay. 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 30 I'm not telling you what it is, by the way. Oh. Until the end of the show. So that everyone sticks around to find out what the stat of the day is. Because that's a good one, right? Like, don't you want to know how many businesses are owned? I do. I'm actually applying for my women-owned business certification right What? Now. It oh is very God. complicated. So it's topical, really. Really? It's so just FY, just prepare Why is yourself, it so hard? anyone out there. It's there's They need a lot of things. What? Do I don't mean? know. I just... Um, Considering asking if I could just like send them a picture of my vulva, and <laughs> like here you go. Can you just <laughs> just just do it? Please. Here's my vagina. Can you please just take my business? God damn it. Um, so we want to make sure that we are uh, focusing on um, women-owned businesses. Um, we want to support businesses that are um, in the minorities. So we want to support businesses for people of color. We want to support businesses that Small are businesses. local. We want to support businesses that are small, 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 um, and women-owned businesses as well. By the way, women-owned businesses uh, accounted for $9 trillion worth of revenue in 2021. Wow. As well as employing over 8% of the workforce. Hell yeah. So uh, it's an extremely incredible thing. Um how did your parents take it when you told them you wanted to start your own business? Was it received well? It was received pretty well. So my dad also has Founder Brain. Um, so he has a company that's like tech, completely unrelated. But when I told him about this, he was like, okay, so you have an idea. Go sell the thing. Go do it. Yeah. Like prove it. Prove it. A bet. Yeah. Don't just, don't be all talk. <laughs> Actually show us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he doesn't care what, like in what his mind, like, yeah, you have a product, you have a market, you proved it out. Like now go sell the thing. I don't like, care if it's a light bulb or a cum sponge. Yeah. Make it work. Yeah. And my mom to this day may not 100% understand what it is, but she, she's very, very supportive. So when we first launched... We uh, had a whole viral Bay Area thing happen. Um, and so I was packing and fulfilling and shipping out of their house for months. Wow. And my friends had to come over and like help ship like hundreds of orders when we accidentally went viral. <laughs> wow. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you accidentally went viral before tiktok oh wow. my god before tiktok and then we're also going to talk about the other essentials that awkward essentials provides we'll be back in just a second <laughs> Hi, 
know the drill. You're making out. You start feeling your way downtown. One of you wants to make a move to Cunnilingusville, but you don't have protection. Dental dams are hard to use, hard to come by, and condoms taste like, well, condoms. Hundreds of millions of people worldwide have STIs that can be transmitted via oral sex. So let me introduce you to Laurels, a first-of-its-kind product that provides protection, sexy style, and comfort. And it tastes like vanilla. Laurels for protection are FDA-approved for STI protection during oral-based activities. And Laurels for pleasure are the perfect cross between sexy lingerie and kinky toys. These thin and incredibly stretchy single-use silky latex undies are worn during fingering, rimming, oral sex, tribbing, and more. Head over to mylaurels.com to get your four-pack today. Be sure to use my code for a discount at checkout. What's your position podcast? All one word. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy with laurels. me tiger I'll kiss you show me tiger I'll kiss you take my lips they belong to you but teach me first teach me what to do Welcome back, fellow humans, to our full frontal with founder, CEO, and Captain Awkward, Francis Tang. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we were talking about, before the break, uh, what it's like to be a business owner and to start an idea from scratch. So you accidentally went viral. How so? So I had, I don't know why I can't remember this number. It's either 20,000 or 200,000, <laughs> both of which That's are now. large difference. Uh, right. But both wow. of now, now those are small numbers to me, which is like crazy. Right. Yeah. But at the time it was like insane. So the minimum order quantity for the prototype for the first dripstick, or as it was called back then, come and gone was, it was probably 200,000. That sounds more realistic, but honestly, I can't remember. It was one of them. Right. And so I had all these cum sponges in my parents' house, like classic <laughs> Bay Area startup style, like yeah. in some room, right? In all these boxes, <laughs> like it was, and I'm like, okay, now the hard part is marketing. That is the hardest part mm -hmm. of starting a business, right? You can build a website. They will not come. No one will come. Crazy. Right? Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, this is, we're going to like, let's go. So I built a website. I did everything I could. I was on a limited budget. So I remember people were like, I don't understand how to use it. So I looked up to see if I could get an anatomical plastic, like no, vaginal canal. I've loved, I would love, if you found one, send They're it to me. They're fucking expensive. Oh my God. First of so all. So I found an anatom, this is fucking side note, by the way, but I'm livid. So when I was going to start teaching, I was like, I want anatomical plastic renditions of the anatomy of a male and a female. I want to be able to show the shaft, the balls, the seminal vesicles, the prostate, the anus. And then I also want to show the clitoris, the labia, the vaginal opening, the urethra, the vaginal canal, the 
cervix, the uterus. I had to buy four different models to show all of the women. And I bought one model to show the male. And oh the, the male model was 50 bucks. And all three of the female models put together was 200 What? I mean, when I was looking on Amazon, yeah. I swear it was like... Over 200 oh, yeah. for the clear, just like the one that you can watch the yeah. thing go into. Yes, yeah. I know. Why is it so right. And so I'm like, I can't afford that. And so my propensity for sugar is where the Twinkie demo, like how I came mm. up with that, right? People are like, I don't understand how it works. Like, okay, well, that's so what smart. can we use that's like food related? I mean, I'm pretty adamant. We're pretty adamant about not using like half cut fruit. Like, yeah, yeah. We try not to do that, but I'm like, okay, but we need to do a demo. I'm not going to record my own vagina and like i can't afford clear Honey, plastic. i'm not that kind of company come inside of me <laughs> it's for science it's for my business it's for my business not getting paid okay. yet sorry yeah so just i couldn't afford that right so i just had to come up with different ways like i obviously couldn't afford any models so that's where i used like a barbie doll for mm. like imagery and so it was just these things that I had that I had to hack together I put together this website and I posted it I think it was on a Facebook group for like women founders and I was just like do you understand what this is does, does this make sense like yeah. a simple like UX UI like will you just do me a favor and take a look at this website right so I go to bed and I wake up the next morning and I have like a million notifications on my phone <gasps> and I'm like I don't know what's going on. And it keeps dinging. Like my phone keeps dinging. Wow. And I see in my Facebook DMs that a writer from the Huffington Post UK <gasps> had like DM'd me overnight. But oh due to the God. time difference, it was, I was like literally sleeping, right? And she was like, hey, I saw your website. Can I do an article about this? Holy and shit. I didn't, I'm sleeping. And so she's like, hey, the article's up <gasps> like 5 a.m. Oh our time. Wait, there are allowed to do that? And so I can, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the internet, right? I like, guess. She just took her fucking there. shit and yeah. we're like, here's the wow. thing that's happening. And so she like publishes this thing. And because it's HuffPost, like UK, big. it spreads to all these other publications. It starts like leaking into America. Phrasing. Right? Like, <laughs> right? like, like East Coast time people, like New York. To, like, and they it was all just, see it before we do. I know. And here. I'm like, this is insane. And my phone wouldn't stop because people were like ordering. And oh I was God. like, I was literally ready to maybe ship like five orders a month if I was like <laughs> lucky, not like 500, right? So thousand. It was, it was insane. So it was like very much your like TV show. All my friends had to come over. I had to like buy boxes from multiple stores. You I had to drive do, around. You Orange didn't do County. Kickstarter. No. You didn't do any of that. You literally posted one time and everyone was like, give me a comes punch. Yeah, it was insane. We were getting like DM, like DMs from people internationally that are like, we have sex in the Philippines too. Like, why don't you ship here? And I'm like, well, because I am a girl at my parents' house. Like, <laughs> I'm just a girl. I don't, this in is the not world. really a thing yet, but thank you. Um, I'll get to you as soon as I'm rich and can ship to the Philippines. I, I am like, poor right now. Sorry. Holy shit. It was insane, but wow. it was so much. I mean, that's to me, that's like the best part. Is of that like your favorite startup. moment? I think so. I mean, I have a terrible memory, but I will always remember that. And it's just, like a core memory. I'm it sure. really is. And my friends coming over, like I did have to pay them in pizza. And my, <laughs> my now husband was like, 
my boyfriend at the time and he was like coming over and helping to like tape boxes after work and stuff it was very sweet and like my opposite of me brother is like what is going on (laughs) i can pack boxes i guess yeah (laughs) yeah very yeah you're like okay my sister um and my parents my parents were there helping the entire time precious like counting out like right they weren't bundled or anything i didn't know what i was so they were like counting them we were like sorting things in like laundry baskets oh my there's just God. boxes and boxes stacked up in their like living room everywhere like ready to get shipped like it was it was insane and so that was my initial proof of concept i think the emotional proof of concept was when i was getting dms from people that were like wow I thought I was the only person in the world who was like bothered by this. Like I had no idea this was a thing, right? Like no one says anything. And so that was kind of like that emotional one. Like, okay, people are looking for a solution to this. They're just not willing to talk about it. Right. Sexual shame is something that is so prevalent in every community and every community has a different level of shame and different types of shame. Um, some communities are shamed about sex as a activity, like just sex in general is shameful. Some communities are shamed because you have sex outside of a specific confine of a relationship. Some communities are shamed because they are having sex um, with multiple people. Everyone has a different concept of shame and sex. And a lot of people, I was just fucking talking about this with one of my friends. Um, She had a UTI and a yeast infection. And she was like, I don't know if anyone talks about this anymore. This might be too much information, but I have a UTI, I have a yeast infection, and I can't get together with you to have coffee because I'm miserable. And I was like, first, second, and third of all, you can always tell me if you have something going on with your vajayjay. Like, that's who I am. Like, that is what I do. Like, I literally understand this to my core. Yeah. Why we aren't able to talk about the things that scientifically happen during sex blows my fucking mind. You know what's so funny, too, is I, I just had a UTI as well, which was so much fun. Love it. <laughs> so stoked They are not. <laughs> Um, the worst. And it wasn't even like for a sex reason. It was like because I went to the beach and I didn't take my bathing suit off Ugh. soon enough or some dumb shit like that. And I was talking to my mom and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm taking these antibiotics and I have a UTI and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she's like, so sad. She's like, I'm so sorry for you. You're fixing it though, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, she, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I was like doing this stuff. And she's like, do I want to hear about this? And I'm like, mom, it wasn't even because of sex. It was, it's just a UTI. Like I have UTI doesn't equal sex. Okay. People uh, can get UTIs just because just by existing. I do. I have, I teach human sexuality. And one of the classes I teach is about sexually transmitted infections. And I talk about chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, um, HPV and HIV. And I constantly get questions about UTIs and yeast infections. And I'm like, yes, that can be exacerbated by having sex, but we can have, you can have a yeast infection and have never had penetrative sex. You can have a UTI and never have kissed a person. You can have a UTI and be a child. Like the UTIs and yeast infections happen across the board. So the fact that we're not even willing to discuss 
physical health issues that are common and not willing to discuss the fluids that are activated during sex, vaginal fluids, fluid activated, fluid (laughs) activated, uh, seminal fluids, like these things need to be discussed and made normal because as much as I think your name of your company is super catchy and very creative, awkward essentials. I hate that. It's awkward. I know we actually hear that. We get people that are like, this name makes sense. And we have people who say, I hate this name. It should not be awkward. And we totally agree. It shouldn't be. I wish it wasn't like I, I do. I'd like, I don't want it to be, but I think the majority of the population still sees it that way. So speaking of the majority of the population, Asian Americans are the least likely population to use protection during sex. That's crazy. I I don't understand. 40% of Asian American women use, uh, excuse me, 40% of Asian American women have unprotected sex in their lifetime. Um, 44% of college age Chinese and Filipino women used withdrawal as a contraceptive method compared to the 12% national average of individuals who use the withdrawal method. I would like to ask, do you think this is cultural because of religion or do you think this is cultural because of different societal expectations among Asian American people? Do you think that the idea of contraception is one that Chinese individuals don't embrace because of religion or because of societal expectations? That's interesting. I don't know. Like, are Chinese people religious? Aren't they? I don't know. Are they? I don't know. Everyone's I don't got know. a religion. Every culture has But are a like the majority of Chinese people religious? Look that up. I'm not going to look it up. Right I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. I feel like Filipino, there's definitely, it's more religious leaning, but I can't speak. I mean, I'm not a Filipino person. Um, okay, so... For the Council of, on Foreign Relations, they say that religion in China um, is typically Buddhist. Yeah, I was going to say probably Buddhist. But Catholicism is the second most populous like in religion in Chinese culture. And Catholicism does have a lot to say about using condoms yeah, and protection they don't, and birth they control. They don't want you to bullshit. interfere and do anything. Right. But are, is a large population of people who are Catholic... Asian? Yes. Kore- yeah. Huge. A lot of, lot of Korean. A lot Catholic. of Korean individuals. That's a big okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, that makes sense to me. I feel like Korea like Korean specifically. Churches. Yeah. But then there's also a large population of Asian American individuals who say that their parents never spoke to them about sex. And so I'm wondering if this idea of like not even saying, hey, here's a condom, yeah. use it if you have sex. I have friends who've recently come to me. Their children are getting to the age where they need to have that conversation. And the first thing I tell them, the very first thing I tell them is, this is a conversation, not a lecture. Yeah. You are having a open conversation with a human being. Yes, they're your child, but you don't own them, nor do you own their thoughts. So making sure that you approach this conversation from a point of, hey, This may or may not happen to you. I'm not going to make this negative and say to you something like, oh, I don't want to know about that. Oh, I don't want to hear about that. I know this is awkward for you. It's awkward for me too. 
your reaction to how you talk to your children about sex is the first idea they will ever have about sex. Yeah. Make it something palatable. Hey, we're going to talk about a human behavior. Mm -hmm. This behavior is natural and normal. Majority of people engage in this behavior and we're going to have a conversation about it and it might make you uncomfortable and that's absolutely fine, but we're still going to have the conversation. Do you ever remember a conversation that you had with your parents? And to, like, what was the conversation like when you said, I'm developing a sponge for jizz? I mean, I had a boyfriend. I wasn't married. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that my mom went with me to get birth control when I was in high school. Okay. Mm. It was for period regulations. Mm, so, isn't it always? Like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so like, okay. So if the majority of people of color don't, Nope. Talk about sex. Not with their parents. Is it that people that are not Asian are at the minimum saying, here's a condom? Correct. So there is like a minimum versus like an absolutely right. nothing. We know you're going to have sex. Don't talk about it. Here's a condom. Yeah. Okay. So that 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 is a not talking about that's happening. Right. Okay. But you didn't even have a here's a condom conversation. I, don't know, I probably did. I mean, my mom rented me like books about it. You just didn't read them. I had a boyfriend in high school. I don't know. I How did you remember. tell your parents that you were developing a sex sponge? I did feel weird. I do remember feeling weird about it. And um, I can't remember if I told them before or after I got into an accelerator. So I did an accelerator called Grid 110. It's in LA. Highly recommend. No cost, no equity. Um, great program. Industry agnostic. And... I, so imposter syndrome me, when I actually met the, one of the girls who was running it or in charge of it, she was talking about this accelerator and I was thinking about it for my friend. I wasn't even thinking about it for me and my idea. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it for my cis white male friend who had a business. <laughs> and yep. I was like, oh, maybe he would be interested in yep. this opportunity, <laughs> right? It's that bad. It is that bad. Um, and so I remember, to, but she was so open and so cool and kind. I was like, Hey, I've kind of had this idea. Like, what do you think? And I mean, honestly, her support probably changed my life. Like wow. literally. Right. Because her saying that is a great idea. You should totally apply. Like you should do it. Like the true encouragement and enthusiasm. I was like, you know what? Like, okay. Cause I think as like a female founder, you need that validation. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. we just need it like throughout, like yep. it does, it's not like a one-time thing. Like you just continue to need it. Cause that's here's how a fun, we are. Here's a fun fact for you. I love statistics and I love facts. Do you want to know um, when women were allowed to uh, own a credit card? 1978. That's ridiculous. Without 78? The, without the approval of their father or their husband. Oh, my God. So having imposter syndrome as a female, having imposter syndrome as it's a female DNA. business owner, <laughs> these are not foreign concepts, right? Because we weren't even allowed to have credit cards or have our names on a bank account until the 70s. We weren't involved in clinical research until the 90s. I know. That, like... So medication, seat belts, airbags, all of this was tested on males Dude, and all belt. of the side effects. Right. That's Boobs. Hello. That's why I move the seatbelt out of the, it gets in the way of my fucking tits. Oh. 
all of these things that were developed for men and by men and created and perpetuated for men and by men mean that women will constantly question their ideas, their values, their limitations, whether or not they can survive in this industry. Compound that with having children. Mm-hmm. Now you're a mom and dads and moms are held to like completely different exceptions. Like I have a lot of dads, with, uh, friends who are dads when the kids are with their dads, are like, oh, you got stuck with babysitting duties. And it's like, no, motherfucker, I'm half of this child. <laughs> this child is half me. I am not babysitting this kid. This is my fucking kid. My wife is working like she's making money and needs to be able to do so. So your imposter syndrome is not unfounded in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But it's still, it's so common, right? Oh yeah. And just, I think about those moments where there was someone else that was supportive, that was telling me this is a reason why it can work. Who was a woman. Who was a woman and she was Asian, right? Hey, yeah. hey, snap. But I think like a lot of the times your friends want to protect you and tell sure. you why things will not work, which makes sense. Like yeah. things don't work. The chances of something working are so slim. And so I, I do think that's so to have people on the you, outside with no bias opinion. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. To say this will work. And so um, I can't remember if I told my parents before or after I got into that accelerator, but that accelerator was like a reaffirming kind yeah. of like, okay, someone else, some third party believes that this thing can work. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed that validation to move forward. Do you ever think about going on Shark Tank? It's ABC Family, so I feel like <laughs> the minute I'm like, come oh, fun. I wonder know. if they've had any like sex things on I don't know. We had, had like lingerie. Had alcohol, yeah. lingerie. Okay. Yeah. We have to say cum spot. Like we yeah. can't like. Yeah, you're right. Trademark. You're right. <laughs> they need to have something that's like some other like jellyfish tank. That's like not ABC family, but like the jellyfish tank. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about how Awkward Essentials has expanded. So not only do you have the dripstick, the cum sponge, the cum and gone, um, but you also have the pee funnel. Wait, what? Uh huh. Would you like to just give me just a <gasps> little? You what? You brought one? Yeah, I have samples for you guys. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like Christmas. It is like Christmas. The pee funnel is to be used at a, a, like a sporting event when you don't want to hover. You know how your thighs burn the fuck out of themselves because you have to hover over a wet seat yes. at a sporting event pee funnel you can use and stand up and which is my like goal a guy in, my goal in life the only reason i would ever want a penis is one to the helicopter stand- oh yeah i want, kind of I want a helicopter <laughs> really fucking bad and two i want a pee standing up i've also heard that you can taste things through your ball skin i don't know if that's a oh, fact or what? not i feel like i've read that and i don't know if it's a real fact like if you dip your balls and show you you can taste it in husband? your mouth husband <laughs> When you can come up here, please. <laughs> you also have titty covers. We do. We have Just nipple covers. Nipple pasty covers, yeah. You also have sexcapade cards, um, like a fun game that oh you gosh, can play cute. with individuals. Um, you have sweatpants. You have the Nikki, which is a vibrator. Show you balls. Husband Kevin Weller, can you taste things through your balls? Wait, what? <laughs> I've heard that if you dip them in like shoyu, you can taste it in your mouth. <laughs> That your, ball, that your ball that your ball skin is out. connected to your taste buds. I've never 
Can you do me a quick have, have scientific? Have you ever been in like a scenario? Can you just do me happened? a quick scientific favor? Maybe something that would burn less. I was gonna say feel like yeah, that might burn. Yeah, that might hurt. Can you go get some soy sauce? Get one of our dipping things. Put your balls in it and come back and tell us if you can taste. it. I'm not kidding. Can you go do this and then come back and report? It doesn't. You can pick anything out of the fridge. I think it should be soy. I think it should be soy sauce too because it's the most point po- poignant with the flavor of like pungent. pungent. I saw it no. on the internet, okay? Probably Don't. a whole ball, right? Just to be <laughs> safe. The entire. Yeah. I would just, I mean, pick a ball. Pick your favorite. The most prominent of the balls. <laughs> dip it in something and then come back upstairs and tell us if you can taste it in your mouth. It's for science. Fuck. It's research. It'll take five I'll seconds. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> you also have the Nikki. Can you tell me about the Nikki? So the Nikki is our intro to vibrators kit. It's super cute. And so there's a backstory to this. So the person, an Asian person, first person to take me to buy a vibrator, her name was Nikki. We love Nikki. And it was in college. And so we named this kit after her. And the whole premise of the kit is like, you're someone that doesn't, doesn't already own a vibrator. Like I was intimidated by a lot of these brands for a really long period mm-hmm. of time. Me too. Mm-hmm. Like our goal is, it's funny, this episode, I don't say this super often, but it's to speak to the shy Asian girl. Yeah. Like I think that there are far more shy Asian girl personas that a massive dildo vibrator thing yeah. is like really intimidating. Yeah. And, and if so, that's the only thing that's presented to you in the media you're not going to be able to not only resonate with, but able to reconcile. But if you get something super tiny, like a little bullet, that especially if we're talking about like Asian representation in porn, like, oh, it's so fetishized. Oh yeah. They're God. like, That's a whole ram this giant yeah. thing up your ass. And it's like, no, and it's like the normal porn, like, oh, like made at home, whatever video. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's typically it's, it's like white people or whatever. Yep. Or, you know, it's, and not, if it's Asian, it's hentai. Yeah. And, and it's like, if I see something that's that big, I'm like, well, that's not going to fit in me. It's like scary. physically, the, the, there's so not enough space. Scary. It's like a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then you might be like, I never want a vibrator. It's too big. Like, no. I don't like. Your only do you idea it? of a vibrator is this giant gargantuan pulsating spinning thing. And <laughs> the Nikki is tiny and inconspicuous and a really beautiful introduction to self-pleasure. Yeah, we felt like if we were going to venture into, like, Toyland, that we would want to do something that's more accessible, just a little bit different. Like, mm-hmm. all of our friends have amazing toys, right? But we wanted something that was very intro. It comes with this, like, PDF of literally how to use it, right? Because I think for folks that already own a toy, how to use a vibrator, like, what do you mean? But if you've never owned one, like... I think the vibrator that me and my actual Nikki friend bought, I didn't use it for the longest time because I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, where do I put it? Do I stick it inside? Do I put it on the outside? Like, I didn't know what to do. And you'd think it's like this obvious thing, but mm-hmm. it's really not, especially if you never talked about it. Especially if your family doesn't talk about sex and then you didn't have sex education growing up and then you went to a UC, which traditionally don't, incorporate sex classes. I mean, you have to take a specific genre of classes, either sociology or psychology in order to take human sexuality. And it's not a required course. It should be. Thank you. 
And as a human sexuality professor, I gotta say, a lot of people are like, so what do you just teach people how to have sex all day? And I'm like, I've literally never taught anyone a position or how to use a vibrator. Like I'm, I'm not teaching that in my human sexuality class. I'm teaching them about the psychology of sex, sexuality, evolutionary sexuality, the history of sexuality. So this isn't a topic that gets brought up very often. And it's usually our girlfriends who are telling us, Hey, let me, my first vibrator I bought with Kevin. I didn't have a vibrator until I met that man. And he was like, you ever had a vibrator? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And he was like, we're going to condom revolution (laughs) right the fuck now and buying you. And now I have a drawer full because I'm, because they're great. I mean, you want to try them all. I still like to play acoustic like 90% of the time, but sometimes I bring in the electric just, Mm -hmm. just to switch it up. The Nikki, I feel like is, and what a beautiful name, by the way. Can you just shout out? Shout out to Nikki. Hello. God, we love Nikki. Thank you. The person and the bundle. We were thinking, <laughs> right? Do you have plans to expand the toy line? No. Um, so really, with Awkward Essentials, I think we get put in the sexual wellness category, which mm-hmm. Dripstick absolutely is. But it's not a pleasure product, right? Like we have a fun brand. It's really fun to talk about and joke about, but it's really utilitarian. It's like toilet paper. Right. Right. Like it's not like a fun thing. It's like saying tampons are a sexual wellness. Like they're not, they're, they're utilitarian. They are serving a purpose for a fluid that happens naturally within a behavior that occurs in human society. Right. Right. So in terms of boring, (laughs) but it's not. (laughs) That's kind of like our direction. Like, so I'm interested in all the weird things that we do in the bathroom that we don't want to talk to anyone about. So cleaning up cum included, right? Mm -hmm. But like bodily fluids, bodily functions, like whether they are sexual or non-sexual, like that's what I'm interested in. So like, like armpits, like sweat and grown hairs, just the things that are happening in the bathroom. Like we're all doing it. We're all going through it. The same thing as yeah. cum cleanup. Yeah. But like we just... What are some new products that Awkward Essentials is thinking about developing? When does this episode come out? Uh, probably from today, three months. Okay. So probably by the time this episode comes out, we will have wipes, which are kind of more of an obvious one. I love wipes. That's great. Love a wipe. Like, love a wipe. People have been asking us. But the reason why it's taken so long... I'm sorry. Explain... Okay, I know what you mean. Explain what you mean. Oh, by wipe? Right. So... (laughs) When you have sex... Right. When you have sex. There is bacteria. (laughs) And when you go to the bathroom, it can be dry or it can be super lubed. And you want to make sure that you're cleaning up after sex. So it's a sex wipe. Yeah. They're called not just fucking wipes. (laughs) That's so great. That is so great. For not just fucking. (gasps) They're for everything. Hello. I love it. That's fantastic. So yes and no. But, um, they the reason why it took us so long is because it was really important to me that it have the least amount of ingredients possible, yeah. right? Because if you are going to use them for fucking, it will be next to your vulva, next to your like vaginal, vaginal opening. opening. Yeah. And like you're not supposed to put things up there. Nope. So like it took a really long time and a really annoyed ops guy and art team <laughs> to finally find <laughs> something. So it just has like two ingredients, just like oh. pure water, a little bit of aloe, and like <gasps> that's it. They're individually wrapped. And the thing that I'm very excited about, which I don't know if this is like nerdy or not nerdy, but they are a communication tool. So one side of the wipe says let's play, and the other side 
says like, no thanks, not today. Show you balls. Show you balls. Did it work? So as I was walking down the stairs, I told myself, if I found anything on the internet, like backing it up, I would do it. And there's whole ass Reddit fucking threads. There's like I know page after page. And I did it. Okay, well, what wait, what did you use? Show you. Soy sauce. Soy sauce. Did you dip your whole ball in the soy sauce? One like, ball? Like half of one, yeah. half of one <laughs> ball. Half of a ball. No, you dipped both balls. Yeah. And? So here's what I think happens. At first, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can. But because my was right over the soy sauce, it, like, enveloped my olfactory. You can oh. smell it. And I was like, oh, my God. But then I kind of, like. Used your tongue? Like, put your tongue. Nothing in my mouth. Just so your nose. what happens is it's a placebo. So oh. Lame. Now, but if you look on Reddit and if you look on these, there's guys that are like, yeah. I've done it, I taste it, I'm like 100%, and like, there's all this discussion, and I didn't really go too deep. You need a blindfold. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you need to do a blind need study, a blind like one water, yeah. one soy sauce, one apple juice. Get some like nose plugs. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, Let's design a study. Oh my God. Very, like, pungent, yeah. Right? You smell it through the room. Right. Yeah. But as soon as I was over it, like everything, and I was in the bathroom, so it kind of like tried to trap, but nothing in my mouth. Damn it. And now I have salty balls. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've, now you have salty balls. But I did it for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, husband Kevin Weller. Love you. Bye. The most eventful podcast I've ever participated (laughs) in. I'm so glad. Okay. What else? What else is Awkward Essentials coming out with? So I can't share the rest of the things, but I think the best way to put it is weird things we do in the behind the bathroom door. I'm so fucking excited. That's such a great, how amazed are you with your found? Like is your founder brain fucking firing right now? Like the more things things that you come up with, do you find that you come up with more things? I do. But the problem is I think for our audience, like our customers, there has to be a through line. Like it has to make sense. Right. Right. Like a meal at a Michelin star But in my brain, I'm like, yeah, that's a weird thing we do in the bathroom. How does it not make sense? But we're almost like building this umbrella because it's kind category of like weird shit doesn't really exist right like we sit in the middle of the feminine hygiene and the sexual wellness category we're like right in the middle we're like straddling it just like balancing on our crotch and so it's like how do we define right like how do we define this category that we call behind the bathroom door because what does that mean so many things to people it's beautiful actually there is a porn called behind the green door (laughs) And so when you say it's behind the bath, no, it's great. <laughs> it was actually one of the first porns ever on full length feature film. So the fact that you are using behind the bathroom door is an amazing throwback to behind the green door. Just oh, FYI. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. We'll have to watch that as a company. Please don't. Yes. <laughs> watch it with your husband first. <laughs> or maybe have a movie night. Who knows? Um, who wants to know the stat of the day? Me. Okay. Um, women-owned businesses in 2020 made up, drumroll, 39% of the wow. private businesses. You two were legit, like, 
Dude. You said what? 40? There, I said 48. You said 35. Yeah. So you're yeah. like on the fucking nose, Francis. Like you're right there. Huh. Like, and which is great because actually this census was done in 2020. Obviously the, the data came out in 2021. 39% of private businesses in 2021 were owned by women, which means 51% of the shareholds were owned by women in that company. Mm-hmm. That is up from 18% in 2017. Wow. Wow. So during COVID, women were like, fuck you, I'm starting business. No, because that's what that's where my mind went Me immediately. Too. I was like, everyone during COVID and yeah. my mother was like, fuck Every, it, I'm yeah. going to start I'm my own start business. A fucking business, right? That's I, what Etsy I started for. a business. I, it didn't work, but that's fine. Um, so I think that it is a powerful testament to when we are given the tools to succeed, we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a kid? I do. You're married? Yes. What's your husband do? He is a project manager. He has a very normal job. Normal. I just I feel like founders like you can't have two crazy people. No. Like that's too much. <laughs> My husband has a very normal job. Yeah. I'm a crazy person. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have three jobs and they're all about sex and educating people about psychology. So there's no way that we could both do this or else we would I, I can't tell my husband to dip his balls in soy sauce and then have him come up here and be like, I'm going to need you to put your labia in a, a tank full of sharks. Like, <laughs> this is not happening. You know, our husbands have a similar demeanor and maybe you have to have that demeanor to deal with like this. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to balance it out. It totally is. It absolutely fucking is. Um, I want you to, before we go, explain to the listener who your product is for and why you're going to keep moving forward in Awkward Essentials. What is your goal for the future? So our core product is Dripstick, an after-sex cleanup sponge. I don't think we went through this, but the way it works is that you insert it, you twirl it around, you remove it, and it sucks the jizz out so you don't have cum dripping down your leg overnight the next Mm -hmm. morning, no more wet spot. It is purely a a preference yeah. Right. Some people like the jizz. We get those messages and we're like, that's fantastic. For Congratulations. You. Like yeah. you don't need this. Right. It's not an absolute necessity. It's really just a comfort. It's for your own comfort, whether right. or not you would like jizz running down your leg or not. Some people right. like the reminder. Some people like the reminder. Right. Yeah. It doesn't prevent pregnancy, does not prevent STIs, STDs, no. anything like that. Always pee after sex, like they said, but just another quick reminder, just in case you don't We will always remind people pee. all day long. Pee after sex. Pee after sex. And so it's really for anyone who's uncomfortable. So whether you like want to ride your Peloton the next morning, which we hear from Peloton people all the time. Mm, That's so specific. I love it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think someone told like the Peloton moms Facebook group. No way. My friend is part of that group. No way. She wants to name drop us again. That's cool. So it's like whether it's that or like you are going to work the next morning or you just have shit to do or you have kids. I think a lot of our customers are moms and they have things to do and they don't want to worry. It's a it's a mental load thing. And Mm -hmm. that mental load, load, (laughs) (laughs) it didn't come up until we launched the product, right? Yeah. Like in my head, I'm like, I just don't like come dripping out of my vagina. I just want to solve this. But I think so many like women are always thinking three steps ahead. Like, okay, mm-hmm. got to do this, this, and this. Got to get the kids out of the house. Got to do that. Right, great. We're, our brain also is Also with moms, it's when you have sex is like very 
it's not regimented, but like if you have sex and he comes inside of you and then you have to go to daycare and then you have to go to the grocery store and then you have to go to workout. I don't have children. So if cum drips out of me, I usually text my husband and go, LOL, I just got a reminder. Like, (laughs) 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 that's funny. For a mom, that's annoying. Like now you have to go home and change. Like you can't just stop and go to the bathroom if you have an infant on your arm. Like you need something to fix that so that you can go about your day. Yeah, it's a lot and it's annoying. And so, I mean, we do have a lot of moms, but we do have a lot of folks that are like in school and just all across the board. Mm -hmm. Really for anyone that... and. What's funny is there's nothing really like tying our target market together, right? Because it's strictly a preference. It's not like, oh, people in this area of the country that right, <laughs> live right, in right. hot weather do not enjoy cum dripping down their legs. <laughs> <laughs> there's no... There's people no, in cold weather enjoy cum dripping down their legs more than people in warm weather. I, I'm <laughs> sure you could find some staff I'm on sure. that. If you, if, I mean, you really, yeah. if you really tried but, hard, but, you know, that's not the goal. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a preference. And so our goal is to keep building solutions towards these other uncomfortable problems that like, I mean, let's face it, a lot of the times women are dealing with Mm -hmm. and not talking about, Mm -hmm. but men are not off limits. I love that. I love that. So maybe in the future, some products geared towards penises. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I love it. We get asked if you can stick this in your butt all the time. The answer is no. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe don't. I actually was going to ask. No stopper. It's not big enough to be a stopper. There's no, so it, you can't see it, but the bottom is maybe the width of like, it's like a Q-tip on the bottom, except it's like if you flattened the bottom of a Q-tip. So um, it's not large enough for it to stop your anus from pulling it up inside the anal cavity because yeah. the anus is a muscle. You will end up on one of those Instagram accounts with the x-rays. With the nurses oh, and yeah. the doctors oh. who make fun of you for putting things in your butt. Don't, so don't no. do that. Not for your butt. We it's are not. working on it. Um, are you? But it's a different okay. hole. It's a completely different hole. It's a completely different, different hole. hole. It's a totally different hole. And it's hole. not as... It's like it, the vaginal canal is made for pulling things up and it, it's regulated for that. So when you insert, I've used the, I've used the drip stick numerous times, inserting it easy as fucking pot. It's easier than a tampon. Um, I actually think the sponge is much cleaner and much um, easier to insert than a tampon. It doesn't feel as dry as a tampon does. It's actually a lot smoother when you put it in and then you swirl it and you pull it right back out and literally could not be happier with the product. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, and it was super easy to use. It took maybe three seconds for me to use the thing the, the entire time. And it, it's fantastic. Um, but it definitely would not stick that width of something in my anus. Yeah. No. It's so we need to really, but we get asked a lot. I right? bet. Is it the, and we think, I think about like, is it the pre or the post? You know, there's multiple. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What do you think the future holds for you? Continuing in the awkward, fluid lines? Are you thinking about maybe doing something outside of this spectrum? Or are you happy right where the fuck you are? I think there's still a lot of room for improvement for the current product. Mm. So right now we're in CVS. We're very excited about it. I love that you're in CVS. That's what I needed right there. That's so good. I saw your video of you taking your parents to CVS to show them that you were on shelves of a national pharmacy. 
like, how did they, like, was that an emotional moment for you? Like to show them that you had made it? It was really cool. It was pretty unreal, but also they've been here the whole time, right? Like my dad is like a business guy. Like he asks about the business (laughs) all the time. Like how many have you sold? Like, how's it going? Like a million. Stop asking. How many vaginas have you helped? And so a million. Countless. Yeah. So they know, but I mean, it is, it was a really nice moment to just like reflect on, right? Because I was literally packing like, blank boxes of these things when they were called come and gone in their living room and now they're on the shelves of someone else packs them for you yeah not me (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's I we still have a lot of work to do like I would love for dripstick to become like the chapstick of lip chap or the Kleenex of tissue, just like another thing Mm -hmm. we use, like normalize, right? Because we're facing an uphill battle. We're trying to, well, I say there's kind of like three barriers. Like the first one is sex in general is Mm -hmm. so taboo, right? Mm -hmm. People feel Mm -hmm. so weird about sex. Yep. And then we're talking about not even the sexy part of sex. We're talking about like the after the fluids, like this is not like the stuff you see porn TV anywhere. Yep. And then sex education is terrible. So there's that. And then we are trying to educate about a brand new product that's never existed. So it's not as embarrassed as many of us might be about sex. We kind of know what dildos are. We kind of know what vibrators are. Like kind of know what butt plugs are. Yeah, like that stuff yeah. is out there. But this is brand new. So we're, it's just a, it's an uphill battle. And I think that's kind of how it is in the industry as a whole, like the femtech, sex tech yeah. industry. But I mean, I think it's the place where you'll find the most passionate founders. I oh, agree. Totally. I fucking yeah. agree. Yeah. Thousand percent. Um, let's talk a little bit about where we can find you and your product. So we are at awkwardessentials.com. You can find us at CVS across the U.S. If you go to our website, you'll find out which ones we're in. We're in all the Spencer's gift stores. Hey, oh, Spencer! Yeah. They also have a good vibe selection. I they hear. do. Really and good. We love vibe Spencer's. Selection. We love Spencer's. And we are on Amazon. If you must. If you <laughs> must. Um, AwkwardEssentials.com. Correct. Yes. Um, how do people find you? So all of our social handles are Awkward Essentials on. Twitter or what is now known as X. We are awk essential. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to go there. Don't. Um, Or you can chat with us directly on the website. I'm sometimes there. You can say, hey, is Francis there? Or you can email us at hey at awkwardessentials.com. Or you can always DM us. We absolutely love Awkward Essentials. As many of our listeners know, we have played our Awkward Essentials commercial for the last two full seasons. Um, We love these guys and they are an amazing brand with amazing quality that I personally use on a regular basis. I don't promote things on this podcast that I don't use. So Awkward Essentials is something that I use regularly. Um, Check out their website. It's more than just the dripstick, the cum sponge, the cum and gone. It is more than that. They've got towels. They've got sweatpants. They've got um, nipple covers. They've got uh, pee funnels. And as Francis alluded to, if you are listening to this when the episode drops, there may 
maybe some new merchandise that you and I both were unaware of. I'm very fucking excited to see what y'all come up with. We're super stoked. Super stoked. I really appreciate you and your time. Um, I appreciate you being here in person. I don't think you understand what that means to the listener because it's a much better quality podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Um, Anyone who wants to reach out to us, talk to us about this episode, ask us questions. You can find us at What's Your Position Podcast at Instagram. What's Your Position Podcast at TikTok. What's Your Position Podcast at Gmail. You can also call us at 513-696-SEX. Please reach out to us. Talk to us. We love you so much. We are so grateful for you for keeping with us, staying with us through uh, the ups and downs of our season. Um, And we are so appreciative of our affiliate sponsors. Francis, meeting you, knowing you, working with you has been an honor. Thank you for being here so very much. Thank you for having me and for your husband for dipping his balls in soy sauce. I mean, really, <laughs> he, cool. he's the best. He's husband Kevin Weller. He's the best husband. Yeah, ever. no. He will do Clearly. Best, <laughs> best husband ever. I love you, humans. Stay safe. Stay kind. Stay sexy. Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.